iRadio76 proudly presents the 515 Show with your host, John Sarver. Who's at the 515 door today? I'm telling you, we've been looking forward to having this gentleman on for a long time. Matter of fact, uh, when we were at um, the dealership many, many weeks ago, <laughs> it's hard to find this guy. I mean, even when we were there last week, we were... Um, hoping that he'd have a low jack on him. You can't find the guy. Uh, but Don Holbrook is um, a, a gentleman, surprisingly enough, was instrumental of, of having us go over to the uh, Harper Charity Cruise this year. And uh, we got to ask him about how that all went down as soon as he comes up, so right through the door. Miss John Sarver. Don Holbrook, how are you? I'm excellent. How are you, sir? Dandy you. Now, you know what, before, because we were talking about this uh, in the production meeting today, the the position that you hold at that fabulous Roy O'Brien place is? Uh, floor sweeper. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the service director. I oversee parts, service, and body shop. Yeah, okay, so the, the reason why we say that is because uh, full disclosure, we don't own a Ford product here, so we're not trying to weasel Don for like a, a brake job or a oil change. I mean, he's a genuinely fun guy to have, and we're so glad to have you on. And thanks, you know, for waiting the extra day. The people in Peru were lining up, and evidently they broke the Internet waiting to hear from you. So, uh, Ah, beautiful. Hey, uh, I, I want to start off with thanking you for joining us at the Harper Cruise. It was a great time had by all. Yeah. I'd like to see you return next year. I mean, it was just a great time. Yeah, I mean, and the cool thing is next year that we, you know, let's look at that because we're going to have a lot more time to uh, do some things. It was fun, and, and all the way down from uh, Amy O'Brien and Roy and uh, the other folks that were there, you know, they gave us, for those who haven't seen, and the videos are up, I think, on our Facebook page, is that uh, we got a part of the Royal Brian show area, and we brought along, yeah. I think, 12 cars on our side. And one of the things were that the Harper Dream Cruise is we would always take staff there because traditionally it's the last cruise, last good cruise. And you can see the crews. You can see the people. You can see the cars. When we do Woodward, you know, we only see four lanes going north. You know, but... I like... I, yeah, I like to refer to it as the family cruise. It's a, a little more informal, not so commercialized. It's laid back. And, uh, you know, for me, it's like a reunion. I meet a lot of people I haven't seen in a year or two. Or the, you know, you just you get busy and you don't get around these people. But, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, and the cool thing is that it, it sometimes it's not in the hottest of months for whatever reason right. it is. It's getting a little bit cooler. But the good thing about that, and Don is absolutely positively right, you can see it's not a circus like Woodward is, you know, not at all. And there's Correct. there's Correct. places of Harper that it's it's not 12 lanes wide, so you can literally see the northbound and southbound cars at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, and so and while you're there, buy a Ford. Yeah, buy a Ford. <laughs> yeah, we can help you out. We've been in this corner 76 years. They're a wonderful family. I've been here uh, going on 29 years of that 76, and uh, wow. I'll tell you, they're just they're just a good family. They treat everybody well, and uh, they never say that I work for them. I work with them. Uh, they correct me on that all the time. So, 
um, I'm, I'm very appreciative of how I'm treated here. Okay. All right. So now, and you're right. And, and Amy really did uh, bend backwards to uh, get us at Ford Lightning to fire up the the car, uh, the uh, show that we have, only because it would kind of be impossible to try to run power lines. And so, at the, once they figured out how the thing went, it was a fabulous. I mean, we couldn't exhaust that truck, and we were there until the sun went down. You know, but yeah, Don, I was pretty impressed myself. Yeah. Do you race? I mean, do you race? Do you run a car at Harper? I mean, do you have something yourself? Um, you know, I, I, I drag race. I am not really into street cars. I do have a couple different things. I've got an old Indian motorcycle and a Jeep, but uh, it seems like, um, as you know, I, I don't get to spend. I'm always, you know, doing this or doing that. And I don't really get to spend much time for myself, but that's okay. You know, I enjoy myself 100%. I mean, is there some way that you can go on the showroom and say, hey, I'm going to borrow this Mustang. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, they'd be all good with that. We have done that in the past. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah, they're, uh, uh, they're car people themselves. So, I mean, Roy himself, he's had a Boss Mustang and a couple of uh, other Mustangs that are pretty impressive. And we, we play a little bit, you know. Can't be all work all the time. No, and matter of fact, there's so many cool uh, O'Brien family stories, you know, all the yeah. way down from all the, the, the cars that are over at the body shop, et cetera, to the one where they picked up the older car out west and brought it home for the brother, and it was like, what's this? <laughs> oh, Lord, yes. What's oh, yeah, yeah. That was like family vacation with the family truckster <laughs> or whatever that show was. It was crazy. All right, talking about but, uh, Crazy. We have Lapeer International Dragway coming up, where we're going to be there this Saturday, I do believe. You race out of there, don't you? Uh, yes, I do. I, I've been racing out at Lapeer since, uh, oh, Lord, I'm getting to be an old man now, but about 40 years ago I started there um, with the previous owner, and I, you know, I kind of like to refer to it back in them days as the outlaw track because there was no sanctioning body, and it, it was rough. Yeah. But then again, you know, I was a young kid that didn't know much, and my car wasn't really what it should have been back then. I mean, it was okay, but by the NHRA safety standards, it definitely wasn't bad. But, <laughs> you know, as time went on, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, as you get older, you get wiser, and, you know, you can afford things a little more financially. So, yeah, it's been about 40 years, and, uh, you know, hats off to Bill. Um Bill Jennings, I, I give him a lot of credit. You know, you, how do you take a large fortune and turn it into a small fortune by a racetrack? Yeah, I mean, but uh, I mean, he's he's been he he's a trooper. He, he stays in there. He's been critiqued. He's been I mean, turned about every which way a man can. But you know, when I go there, I'm treated wonderfully. I feel safe there. Um, uh, it's like. Extended family with the people you race with, and you know, and I was fortunate enough in 2018 to be the track champion, so that was good too. You know, when you say you feel safe there, I mean, do you feel unsafe at other tracks? Um, well, okay. when I say safe, <laughs> um, I know that you know, I'm not critiquing anybody. I like the nostalgia tracks. I started at Detroit Dragway back in the day. And I, I, Amadega, I love going there. I love, uh, I'm Lapeer's, I consider that my home track. Um, I know that uh, as far as prepping the track, the amount of glue that Bill puts down, I mean, I, I don't think anybody can match the prep that he puts in the track. So that's where the safety comes in. 
I see what you're saying. Okay, dokes. But now, since you're, we should always go back to your first NHRA kind of legal car. Which one was that when you started out at Detroit Dragway? Yeah, way back then. I had a early 80s Fox Mustang with a big block in it, a 514 big block. It was a big tire car. I built it in my garage and I didn't know much of anything. I read a lot and figured it out. And, uh, First time I went uh, 11 seconds, I thought I was flying. But um, I cut my teeth there, and, you know, you know, everybody talks about how rough Lapeer used to be. You should have been <laughs> down at Detroit Dragway at the end. Holy cow. Yeah, all the way down to those wonderful pits and concession area. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've seen him make pizza on a barbecue. I'm like, that's interesting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as much as we look at that place, and we're still investigating putting a plaque up there and see if we can get the state of Michigan. I mean, they just don't walk in and give you a plaque. you got to do some hoops. But it's it's kind of fascinating, isn't it, Don, that, I mean, here was all that history, and it's now just like, whoosh, nobody even knows yeah. it was there. Yeah, it was, it was really sad. You, you know, Sibley and Dick, Sunday, 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 you know, that was the big thing. Matter of fact, uh, you know, this morning I... I I was able to have uh, Al Bergeler with me, who, you know, the Motown Shaker and uh, Aggravation and all those cars he built. He came in and had an oil change done this morning. We were talking about the old times and the big names that ran at Detroit Dragway and Onondaga and Lapeer. I mean, there, some of the people, you know, back in the day, that's that was the root beginnings of it all. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at some of the early films, I mean, from like 61, 62, and you see Detroit Dragway, and the place not only is packed, but car after car. I mean, and of course some of those cars were like dubious in their safety standards, but nobody knew any better, you know. No, put on a leather helmet and go. (laughs) (laughs) A helmet? Uh, Yeah, Yeah, leather skin cap, that's what it was. Yeah, that and like welder's goggles, and away you went, and that was, you know, okay, and maybe a seatbelt, maybe. You know? Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was... But, um, how many years did you run at Detroit? Oh, I'm, I was just thinking about that as you were talking. I, I think before they closed, I got three, four years in anyways. I, I mean, it was, it was a great time. But, you know, I look at it today, and I look at the standards of what's out there today, and I'm like, holy cow, that was like racing, you know, going 100 miles an hour on a dirt road. Holy <laughs> cow, it was bad. <laughs> Yeah, uh, top end was a little squirrely, if not the middle was a little squirrely. Absolutely. But, uh, However, you know, it's all great memories. Yeah, I mean, even the folks that ran Motor City Dragway, you know, or, or I should say ran their cars at Motor City Dragway, they had that same kind of warm feeling for that track, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, know, you think... Go ahead. Some of the big names, you know, like Godanadega, you know, E.J. Potter and the Motor City Madman on that V8-powered motorcycle. I mean, you have to think by today's standards, he was insane. He'd rev it up on a kickstand and kick it off and go the (laughs) whole track, you know? Oh, yeah, I mean, you take a look at what even uh, a fine Ford racer, Sneaky Pete Robinson, you know, had hydraulic jacks and would rev it up and just hit the jacks and go and burn, burn a hole in the asphalt. You know, and it's oh, like, yeah. what the hell were you thinking? 
like a Bugs Bunny cartoon or Wiley <laughs> Coyote. Like, okay, hold this stick of dynamite, I'm going to light it. Yeah, <laughs> but as long as but, it says Acme or Ace on it, you're all set. Uh, it is all good. That is correct. You know, the funny but, thing is, uh, and you, you kept bringing, or, you know, the, the people that ran, even at Detroit Dragway, I mean, everybody ran. Garlitz, I mean, funny cars ran, fuelers ran, everybody yeah. ran. And it's that can't be said for every single track here in Michigan, but you know, back in the day, huh, I'm not sure how many more tracks you had, but um, it, it's all fascinating that they went to Detroit, and Detroit even had nationals too there. I mean, at one time, it was huge, and huge. you were part of it, man. I mean, really, you think about yeah. Downey was there. I mean, all the local people, um, our, our good friends from Color Me Gone were there. The Linda Moods were there. I mean, yeah. these were names of Seaton Shaker, you know, of course, Al's Cars, you know, everybody yeah. was there. And we just thought that this was something that just would go on forever. Absolutely. You think, you know, here's, here's the entertainment that's going to last, you know, on and on and on. And, you know, one of the things amazing, you go to these tracks now and, and I'm 60 years old and I look around and. I see the, the relationships and the, the friendship I developed, and I'm looking around, you know, Hillbilly, uh, Leroy over at Lapeer, he's been going there. Well, you know, I was probably in diapers when he was going there, but they, <laughs> they all treat you with respect. They all treat you good. It's, and when I say, you know, the, the comfort's there, it, it's like I want to do this because I'm surrounded with like-minded people, and we all have a great time. Yeah, I mean, Lapeer is becoming, uh, and a matter of fact, we were talking to, to um, Bill because we had him on, I believe, last week. You know, the dreams that he has in that place, and I don't bet against Bill Jennings ever. You know, when he says he's going to do something, with all the headwinds that he's had, you know, I don't know anybody putting in millions and millions and millions of dollars in a track anymore. Nobody. No. You know, but now you that's get how you, that's how you, uh, I'm sorry, that's how you create a, like I said, you know, you take a big fortune and make it a small fortune. <laughs> Go buy a race car. <laughs> right? Or a race car, one of the two. Yeah, yeah one or the other, yes. But, it, but it's uh, interesting what he has because there are some tracks, you know, and you see them around the country and they look literally like two lane old roads. You know, I mean, what's the safety barriers there? Oh, it used to be a piece of wood. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Or you see the, I should say, the even the old Lapeer, you know, which wasn't state-of-the-art at all. No. And then you and, see uh, what he's doing now. It, it's fascinating. I mean, what's your favorite part of everything that he's doing over there? Uh, yeah, you know, i got to tell you, the, the track prep is amazing i mean week after week after week it's spot on i mean my 60 foot times there are faster than anywhere else um uh the friendliness of his employees it, it i mean it, it's just a collection of things not one particular thing i mean you know everybody whines about something i i don't because if you've been to some of these other places and and you know i won't name them i name the ones i enjoy but you know you don't get the friendly feeling you don't get the welcome feeling you don't get hey this these people really care that i'm here um there i always feel it yeah there, there is one track that keeps coming back as feeling very corporate very nice track though very corporate you know but now how many exactly. tracks, how many tracks have you have you done all the tracks in michigan done 
Uh, I've been to 131. I've been to Ubley quite a few times. Um, Lapeer's my home track, as I say, Onondaga. I, I live in the Brighton area, so I like going up there sometimes. And uh, I've been to Milan. So pretty much, you know, there's half a dozen or so. Mid-Michigan? Um, Mid-Michigan, yes, I've been there. Northern? Forgot about them. I apologize. Northern, I haven't been there. That's on my, on my list to do. I, a couple of friends of mine want to go there, and I just haven't done that yet, but um you know the since covid business has kind of yeah got a lot of my attention but um you know i i plan on i i don't do well sitting watching soap operas movies tv <laughs> i got to be doing something active so watch for me to be back in 23 i'll be back full time <laughs> you don't want soap operas yet you go drag racing? No. Nope. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's drama everywhere, right? All right. You know, for a unique perspective that you have, uh, somebody who builds and somebody who races and somebody who's been around for just a little bit, let's do this. Give me one sentence, if you can, um, of the tracks. And we'll name the tracks. Tell me what you think about the tracks. You know, I mean, obviously, you don't. Um, oh, no. I'll. Do whatever you want to say. Okay, ready? We'll start with this. Yep. Ubly. Um, ubly. Uh, comfortable. Uh, friendly. Accommodating. Okay. Mylan. Um, Mylan, uh, I'm going to say that's going through a rebirth. Um, I knew Bill Capoca. We used to sponsor him through our dealership here. And they're, um, I'm going to say fresh start. Okay, fresh start, 131. 131. Um, organized, professional, spot on. On Andega. On Andega, one of my favorites. Um, uh, just uh, com comfortable comes to mind, but friendly. Um, wanting you to be there. Um, no attitudes, just a warm welcome. Uh, let's get it done. Let's have a good time. And you know what? Onondaga is foremost in my mind what? is the amount of spectators they draw. I mean, the local people fill the stands. You won't see that like anywhere else. It's amazing. And, you know, the funny thing is it's amazing some of the cars that they draw. You know, because we, oh, yes. you know, we understand about the track surface in there. It may not be Norwalk, let's say. Right. You know, however... Some of the stuff that they have from, like, Detroit Hood TV and stuff, some of the horsepower cars, I mean, 1,500-horsepower car easy, and you're going down there with no prep? Oh, yeah. God bless. No wonder why it's filling the place. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't know if you ever noticed, John, when you've been there, but look at the spectator side. I, I, that's one of the things I noticed. I mean, you know, I, I'm there to enjoy what I do. It's kind of nice to see the support, but you you don't see the support that I can think of at any other track. Like, I mean, the stands are full every weekend. Yeah, they they kind of screwed up with everything. And talk about as much as you don't like to watch soap operas. I mean, Onondaga yeah. was a hell of a soap opera. You know, oh, I know. May kind of still be. But, you know, it, it's amazing all the revenue that was lost by that thing being locked up for so long. You know, yes. and there it was. And it's not like Motor City that... You know, you can visit, and it's in pieces. You kind of use a GPS to figure out. I mean, Onondaga was always there. Yes. Yeah, and surprisingly yeah. so, between, I would say Onondaga and Northern, 
they have that same turnout just about every single time. It's beautiful when you see the local people support something that you also enjoy. You know, Don, I mean, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, it just gives you like, you know what? These people appreciate the fact that you come out here and, you know, even though it's for the racers to get the enjoyment on it, but it's nice to see the public support you to enjoy the same things. Yeah, and, and we were just talking to um, to Brian Wolf, you know, and, and the other Holbrook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, you know and, how many times I get asked, "Are we yeah. related?" You know, um, I pr- I've been around Chris and his dad, and you know, before he passed, and I I really never met him. You know, everybody's like, "Oh, so you're one of those Holbrooks?" I said, "I don't know what a, I don't know what one of those are." You know. <laughs> 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 One who seems to be very successful in their uh, racing situation. I mean, nice yeah. people, too. Hell of a nice folk. Um, but when we talked to those guys, and we, we said, you know, give us a perspective, because you can kind of see a GoPro, but GoPro means, mm, I mean, you, you, you see it for a little bit and go. I was amazed when we talked to Brian and we talked to Chris, and we said, when you're pulling up into, the, you know, to heat up the tires and you're coming up, you're one behind the the folks that are up at the stripe right now. What do you see? Do you see the crowd? Do you hear the crowd? Do you focus on the on your um, instrument panel? What what goes? What do you see? Truly, I like to get in the car and shut the door. At the time I'm suited up, I have my helmet on, and as I'm sitting there, I'm kind of just um, in the zone, so to speak. I'm clearing my mind. I it's therapy for me. I don't think about all life's problems or things I got to attend to. I, but once I fire the car off and I'm getting ready to go, I, I don't see, I don't see the spectators. I, I don't even see the starter. Most of the time I see the tree and my ears are on full alert. I'm listening for knocks, clicks, taps, uh, anything <laughs> out of the ordinary. Uh, and all that stuff is, uh, you know, I mean, this could go wrong, but I, I you, you get into, uh, you get into a, a mindset that is like, it's like your happy spot. You're in comfort. You don't think about, you know, all life's problems. It's it's relaxation. Hard to explain. You're relaxing while going over 100 miles an hour down a piece <laughs> of asphalt, but it works. <laughs> I mean, how much can you hear? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking for the folks who've never seen your car, your, your new car, the car that you have right now. You know, yes. chances are good it's not a four-cylinder running through a catalytic converter and a muffler and a resonator. So, well, I did something a little different on this car. Um, uh, it's a 2000 SN95 Mustang body, and it has uh, Ernie Elliott NASCAR engine in it, a 358 cubic inch. Um, and one of the things that people pick off is that I and the, how it's got a different pitch because I'm shifting at 9,100 RPMs. They're like, man, you got that thing really wound out. But, you know, amazingly, I can hear the valve train. I can hear a lot of things. And one of the things, once you get moving down the the track, you listen for the car next to you, and everybody is like, well, you know, how'd you know where he was? Because I I can hear him over there. It's funny. Your, Your ears pick up the different tones. You can hear, you know, valve train clatter or something unusual or something in the drivetrain. But um, like I said, this engine, I can, everybody says when you go down the track, they can tell because, you know, it's so much different. I'm twisting it 
a few thousand more RPMs than a lot of people do. So, 90. I shouldn't say a few. So. Yeah, 9,100 is where I sit. <laughs> Holy God, and you don't hear valve float? How? <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's all good. Wow. It's all good. Um, it's uh, been a very good engine. It was a combo that I kind of dreamed up in my head and had the opportunity to buy. Um, I used NASCAR engine with complete with everything I needed. Uh, it was actually out of Brad Keselowski's camp, and uh, um, it just, you know, I, I freshen up with bearings about once every year and just stay after it, but it, it's a performer. It's different. Yeah, I mean, really, and and we're getting already from our intern, Alan, that the note quickly over to me, and I, I probably don't know the answer to this, but it, for the folks that are around the world that are listening to you now, you have a drag car, yet you get a NASCAR engine for it when there's so many drag racing engine, and, and yourself, I'm sure, is pretty capable, or obviously very capable, of running, you know, building a drag motor. Why a NASCAR motor? Uh, you know, I wanted to do something different. You know, I, and my last Mustang was a big tire car. This is a ten and a half inch tire car. I, you know, I kind of thought about okay, the shift points are going to be a lot higher, but you know, there are people that are doing this. As a matter of fact, I know a couple of buddies are in the build now. It's just, it's different. You know, everybody's got vanilla. I want strawberry. <laughs> I mean, shooting at ninety one hundred is almost tutti frutti. I mean, <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, but it's fun. I mean, is that naturally aspirated, 9,100 RPM? Yeah, yeah. everybody, uh, I built a set of headers for it. They come out in front of the wheels, and everybody's like, oh, it's a turbo car, it's this, it's that. I said, no, that's because I got tired of my feet cooking all the time, so <laughs> I moved the exhaust up there. But, uh, no, it's normally aspirated. It's all motor. Oh, so. and at 9,100, you can hear every conceivable component in that engine go. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And you can hear the folks yeah. next door, but you can't see the folks or the starter or the fans. No, you get tunnel vision. Uh, my ears are, you know, I don't know if it, you know, they often say if if one of your senses is less than the other ones, the other one improves. I, you know, my ears are, are sharp on listening for anything because noise is trouble. Noise is money going out the window. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, has there ever been a time when you were racing and your ears failed you? Uh, I have my ears failed me. Yeah, down uh, to the point where it's like we're racing and I didn't hear that start to ping, 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 and uh, uh. uh Well, yeah, I, I, I actually torched the cylinder head, and I, I was listening to the engine, and it, it torched between two cylinders, between three and four, and I the power fell off, and I'm like, oh, everything sounds good, and I get back, and it's running on seven cylinders. I'm like, oh, boy. So that turned into a little bit of, you know, time and money, but it, it worked out. I mean, the first thing that you've done there, did you reach for the shoot midway and say thank you? <laughs> we had uh, fun? Yeah, yeah. Hit, hit the big red off button. Yeah. Hit, <laughs> hit, yeah. I mean, Turn the button off. So We're thinking, I mean, but, if you're doing the ear tachometer thing, I mean, how many gauges do you actually look at when you're racing? Really none. Really? None. Yeah, I've got a big, um, it's a big red light. It's about two inches in diameter. It's wired into my oil pressure circuit. If it goes, drops below 40 pounds, that red light comes on. The gauges, I, I don't pay no attention to, to them. I can't see them, really, because I'm focused. Wow. All right, yeah. so 
Squirreliest race you ever got into? Ever got it sideways a little bit? Oh, more than once. Um, probably about a month ago at Lapeer. Um, it was a little cold in the morning, and when I pulled second gear, I'm like, uh, uh, puckered up a little bit because I'm, you know, I'm not shouldn't be seeing the wall on the right. <laughs> and then uh, when I got back, I, I thought, well, maybe there's something not right with the car. And they said, oh, it's a little cold, and you know, there's a shortage of glue right now, and uh, yeah. it got my attention. And how do you pedal you know, out of that? Um, you know, this car is amazing. Um, I, I was used to a big tire car, but with this car. Uh, you just, I'll let it out and go right back into it. It straightens up. So, but, you know, you when you get ready to get out of the car, you're like, oh, that was interesting. <laughs> and maybe I'll say it. You know, this is radio, so I got to keep it clean. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, maybe not I'll those say, words. That was interesting. <laughs> that was unusual. But, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but, uh, it's all fun. Your first reaction is to jerk it back away from the wall? Or you just no, no, never down. jerk. Everything is slow maneuver. It's kind of like driving a boat like a canal. You know, drive a boat down a canal. It wants to move your, your steer, counter steer. It's real subtle movements. Quick jerks will have you in the wall. So you you got to be subtle. Let out and be subtle. Yeah, but you're working against adrenaline and you're working against time. Yeah. You know, that yeah. you have that much wherewithal to go, oh, hum, that, those bricks are awfully close. Man, <laughs> eh, just... You know, I've seen guys, and I'm not critiquing them. I've seen guys hit the wall really hard and do some things. I mean, there's times when something is suspension breaks, but a lot of times I'm like, lift, lift. If they would just lift and get out of it when it's going to the left or the right, things will get better. But, you know, like you said, adrenaline, it's it's pretty much um, having control over your emotions and your thoughts. And And I'm not no pro at that, John. I just get lucky. Well, I mean, how many times have you ruined a car in the in the wall? Never. Okay, and how long have you been racing? Well, I'm 40 years. Okay, so I would assume that puts you in the pro rank. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Ever have somebody cross over the line and get a little close to you? Um, I had them cross over the line and, and all the way over in the line where I was behind them. <laughs> That, that'll get your attention. I'm like, why is it, all of a sudden he's in front of you and you're like laying on the brakes and yeah, it gets your attention. Yeah, and to but, the point where am I in the right lane or is he in the wrong lane? <laughs> but, uh, I'll put it this way. You know, I, I, I commute. I work here in St. Clair Shores, live in the Brighton area, and um, it's safer at uh, any of the tracks that we talked about than like yeah. going across 696. You, you play more dodgems out there with people than you do on drag strip. And you should be probably be going about the same speed, too. Uh, yeah, since COVID, everybody runs. If you're doing 80, you get ran over. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And it doesn't matter what car it is. And, I mean, it could be like a 19, uh, yeah, like an 80s version Berlinetta. You know, with, oh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. even look like it should run, and God knows that it probably still has drum brakes. I mean, obviously not. Oh, but, my Lord. And they're yeah, doing 105 know. on ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. While they're, looking at, while they're looking at their cell phone, right? <laughs> while eating, yeah. It, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. It's almost, there's two, like, impulses. One, where's the cop? And two, I'm just going to sit back here and watch this show for the next mile or two. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's something's yes, going to happen. Exactly. You know, if yep. you've been racing for 40 years, Don, I mean, I, of course, we're talking to Don Holbrook right here. Um, your first car we got, 
How many cars in between your first car and this car have you raced? Uh, one, two, this will be my fourth. Yeah. Fourth in 40 so, years? Yeah. yeah. Really? What was the car that yeah. you had the longest? Uh, probably that Fox body Mustang. I, you know, it, it started off as a 83 skin and then, you know, I raced it a few years and, and upgraded the, you know, the front fascia and it turned it into a 93, but it kind of, it, it kind of evolved along with me. Um, you know, it, uh, it's a growing experience, but you know, it's like an old pair of tennis shoes you know, they're comfortable. You don't want to throw them out and get a new pair. Then you're not comfortable. I mean, did you ever try a car and think, you know what, I really wanted you this car, and then once you sat in it or thought about it, you kind of went, eh, maybe I'll stay with what I got. Yes, a, a good friend of mine has a, altered, and I sat in that thing, and I'm like, <laughs> I really want to build one of these. I really want one. And I got in there and looked around, and you know what really got me? Um, you know, open body car arm restraints. I'm like, uh, nope, <laughs> I don't need a, that. That's enough. For the arm restraints that hook into your belts, you know, because yeah. it's open body. Yeah. That that canceled that thought really quick. Yeah, we we had a, a friend of ours, Gene uh, Lewis of Lewis Performance. I, I, there's a picture of me when I was a couple pounds more. And when you try to fit into that tea bucket with everything that's around you and stuff, and you're going and you're going to go how fast with open yeah. air. And if something yeah. goes wrong, you go, um, there's hardly any room to move. There, I mean, God right. bless, you don't want to be bounced around in case something you know, horrible happens. But it's like hats off to the people. I mean, even down to the Wild Willies, you know, that were running oh, these yeah. things in the 70s with dubious safety equipment. And you're going, are you kidding us? And, yeah, they look cool, though, don't they? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I like all things automotive. I, I'm fascinated with mechanical things. Um, um, I've got a couple farm tractors. I've got that Jeep. I play with the the drag cars, and uh, I don't know, just mechanical things. Different things interest me. I just got to have enough sense that some of them aren't meant for me. I mean, would you ever go in Al's car? Uh, I, that would be on my bucket list. All right, and you saw Al today, right? Yeah, I spent about an hour with him this morning. All right, so should you bring you know, the... You amazing? He's 86 years old, and he's still out there knocking out those race car bodies. He's doing a he's doing a dragster body for a guy down in Ohio, a nostalgic dragster. And I'm like, you're 86 years old. He goes, well, I may not be as fast, but I'll tell you what. He won't say it, but he's quality through and through. You know, the funny thing is, and and we touched it, we saw each other, I guess, at, at the Cackle Fest up there. Yes. And it was an amazing small town little thing. And it was cute as hell. It was a little pumpkin fest that, um, yeah, right. And I can remember because it's a small town. I'm thinking Three yeah. Rivers, but it's not. It's the other place. No, um, it's Carroll. Yeah, that's right. Because we couldn't figure out if it was Carroll or Caro, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, but yeah. it, a car show that was pretty outstanding for a small town. I mean, they had some nice, nice stuff there. And Al had his uh, funny car there. You know, yeah, and, Motown Shaker. Yeah, and there was another one, the gentleman with the loggy chassis, and I do believe he's coming up soon with us, David Payne. He will be with yeah. us, too. He had his vehicle. Matter of fact, that's the one where Susan squeezed in. So if you want to know the thrill, and it's something like what Don was just talking about, when you try to squeeze into these cars, you know, Sue is like 5'5", 110, soaking wet, and 
<laughs> You've seen the video, and it's probably at a 10-minute process to get in and get out. Those things are, are, it's not like getting into a fine Ford LTD, you know, in the no. day. I mean, these things squeeze you in. And for Al to be doing the stuff, you know, and all those gentlemen up there, you're, you're right, Don. It's fascinating that they're still pumping up out there. Yes. It's wild. I mean, you, know, you, you think of how many years and how many things they've been through. And, you know, Al was talking this morning about the original Motown shaker that, you know, about having, we were talking about, you know, it was skinned as a, a Vega and then it was a Corvette and a Mustang. And I'm like, why did you switch up bodies? Because he goes, the other one's burnt to the ground. <laughs> I go, it's to burnt be to the ground. He goes, yeah, he said, with me in, he said, with me in him, I had to get out of him. And I'm like, holy cow, I have a hard enough time just getting into thing, much less thinking about getting out. Yeah, especially back then when there wasn't, yeah. like, safety, you know, the the yeah. latch over the top of the head to get out and, and all the onboard stuff. Exactly, yes, sir. And the, the fascinating thing was he was really in the thick of it. I mean, if you do the golden age of drag racing from 62 to, to 79, 80, and then here comes the 5.0 folks, and that's a whole new, you know, thank God for 5.0 Mustang racing for, you know, for the whole brush yourself, um, Brian Wolf and, and that whole crew, Storm and Norman, you know, that, that really oh, yeah. kind of helped keep drag racing alive when it really kind of lost its way. Yeah, it kind of got stuck in the mud there for a little while. I mean, you know, if, you know, if you didn't have a small block Chevy back in those years, you, you know, Ford, what's that? That don't make power. And then, you know, really the small block Ford is just just as powerful as any LS out there. It's amazing the amount of horsepower. I can remember working at the, the dealer back in 1985 when the new Mustang came out with 225 horse, and we all came, couldn't wait to get the hood open to look at it. Wow, man, 225 horse. Look at all the power this thing has. <laughs> yeah. And so, well, you take a look you know, at... Were, go ahead. Uh, well, you know, the, the current Mustang, we just delivered one here yesterday, four-cylinder turbo makes 300 horsepower out of the four-cylinder turbo. Well, yeah. we, we were talking about the generation that we lost, you know, right after like 73 to yeah. God knows the 80s. Because, you know, if you were a Chrysler guy whatsoever, you could get a GLH. <laughs> oh, yeah. How yeah. embarrassing, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, yeah. and, and I think, what did you get, the uh, Corvette with the 183 horsepower? 350 oh, or yeah. 305 or whatever yeah, they, had, they, had, they actually had a 305 at one point. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah, the mighty Corvette. Yeah. And then we were all looking at it and say, why don't you just kill it? You know? <laughs> I mean, that's what we were like, even looking at when we were taking a look at, like, the 77 Roadrunner, which it's like, aren't you a Volari with a sticker? You know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Something but. about a, a 318 Roadrunner. But, I mean, thank God that, you know, thank you for it. And thanks thanks to everybody. Thanks to the big three for coming back up again and finding performance, well, you know. so It's uh, really amazing what's out there today. And, you know, I, you know the, the horsepower, the durability. I mean, you know, there were, I remember my dad coming to this dealer when I was a little boy and he was looking at a, that's probably 10, 12 years old. We didn't live far from here at the time. He looked at a used pickup truck and he had 60,000 miles and he, Looked at the salesman. Why, you know, you're. Why would you want to even sell me something that's worn out? Uh, and, and and that sticks directly in my mind because you know now two, three, three, four hundred thousand miles is not unheard of. 
Oh, yeah. When people saw, you know, the odometer go to uh, 50,000, there was like thinking of selling it now. You're right. Oh, yeah. You know, get rid of that thing. It's going to explode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there were some motors that would have done that. I give you a 307. However, um, the bigger picture is that you would have to, in order to get, I mean, everybody like, you know, the street Hemi allegedly had 425 horsepower, you know, and I do the air quotes with that thing. And that yeah. was like the big block, and it was crazy engine, and it was, you know, unique to work on, and we were just reveling at 425. And so now, exactly what you said, you know, take a look at, it, like, the newer Mustang. You know, if you deck that thing out all the way to, what is it, 700 horsepower or something, and it's turnkey? Oh, yeah, real easy. Yep. Turnkey with a warranty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you lick your chops when you see somebody buy them going, oh, come on back soon, son? Well, you know what? I, I honestly, the all the the Shelbys we have sold, and and the Cobras, and I've never had one ever come in for a warranty engine repair. I never had one broken in the mechanical part of the engine. Really? Uh, it's truly amazing the durability. They are just for tough, just like the advertisement says. Well, it's got to be interesting. Now watch, I'll jinx myself. I'll probably have 10 of them lined up tomorrow. Yeah, but, but good news for yeah. you then, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm in the repair business, so I'm kind of, you know, make a living fixing. Yeah, go but, race, kids. Yeah, that's right. But You know, oil no, is not I, your friend. That's right. I, I laugh once in a while. I'll be up at Lapeer, and I'll see one of our license plate frames on somebody's GT Mustang. I walk over, oh, I, I didn't tell you. I'm the service manager. And they are like, oh, oh I'm not really here. I, oh, I... <laughs> they're thinking I they're avoiding the drag strip. Did I racing your car and you'll be in on Monday? Tell me he's got a problem. But no, uh, it's all good. See, <laughs> it goes to people for like warranty breaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, uh, yeah. I, I remember you. But no, <laughs> that's but. great. Mm. Oh, see how many people put it on the trailer and go home quickly. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. You <laughs> Gotta know, get out of here. Gotta leave. How hard is it to work on the new ones? Um, difficult. Um, today's automotive technician, he's no longer the bit mechanic. Um, if you really think about it, he, he's got to be superb on electronics. You, you know, all this variable can timing, hydraulics, electronics, uh, uh, you know, the old days of piston and camshaft, and that's all gone. I mean, the technology is amazing. Um, I've got a great group of guys here. They're they're smart, young, and uh, you know I was talking about this earlier today. The only issue is if a, something rolls through the door with a, a carburetor and a distributor, they are like, oh, I ain't working. Get me away from that thing. But you hand them a laptop, and they're wizards. It's amazing. We have um, surprisingly we got a lot of old Sears catalogs lately, and not only do we have all the Christmas wish books from the '60s, but uh, Sears put out periodically automobile stuff, and boy, oh yeah. boy, you could buy the Chrome Sears Best Timing Light, you know, for twenty nine ninety nine if you wanted. You know, it's like yeah. timing light and dwell meter. Step right up. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it's amazing about that. I, I guarantee you that I have, uh, oh, in the main line, I've got about 16 texts. If I went out there and asked for a timing light, they won't have one. Would they ask what it was? We haven't had anything with a distributor in it so long that they'll uh, tell me, like, what do I need that for, you know? (laughs) Son, do you know how to advance? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. They, no, they have no clue. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that in a negative way. It's just because their mindset is so far advanced, you know, distributors, distributors, ignition, uh, direct fuel injection into the cylinder, variable cam timing, uh, I mean, the technology, and but that's why we get the performance and the fuel economy and the yeah. durability that we have today. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. It really is. When you take a look at the guys that could put a screwdriver, you know, a large screwdriver to the valve cover and listen, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, those guys, uh, you know, I mean, they just, their heart sinks when you open up the hood and you see a big chunk of plastic and it's like, what the hell is there, a plastic hood under the hood? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, but all right. If you had a car, if you had to go pick one out from, say, Roy O'Brien, what would you pick out? What vehicle would I pick out? Yeah. Well, definitely, it'd have to be an F one fifty because uh, you know that, that's our mainstay, that's our backbone, that's the you know. I know this sounds a little bit uh, tainted, but you know, being a Ford guy my whole life, there's not a better truck than an F one fifty. I mean, uh, they're amazing. The the performance, the the ride, the durability. We're um, walking into a commercial that's what here. It's all about. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> Good but, stuff. You know, but, normally right about here, Don, with the few seconds that we have remaining, we normally tell at you know whatever racer we have is like whoever your sponsors are. This is now probably a pretty good time to talk, you know, or, or mention them. But, I mean, we probably do want to give a shout-out to everybody that was at the dealership. And they were frantic when we were trying to find you last Friday. I mean, we had everybody, yeah. the, the fine woman that's there at the front door, and Amy was there, and, and all the fine friends that were there. I mean, if you want to give a shout-out to anybody without selling anything, this is now your time. Well, honestly, this with my racing and the things I do there, the support that I get from this family here, Mark O'Brien, Amy O'Brien, Roy, their siblings, um, um, they helped me make that happen. They've, they've helped me along the way. And, um, just, you know, the care seeing that I, you know, they know that's how I relax the support. Uh, you know, like when you were here the other day, I had like three people come and tell me and, and <laughs> honest, John, I wasn't hiding from you. It's just, uh, sometimes there, you know, there's a lot of distance to cover in different areas yeah. there, but, um, no, the the support from friends and family and, you know, Roseville Transmission, uh, one of my best friends. I mean, the things uh, he, Leonard Roberts, he does for me. But this, honestly, I, I'm not, this is not a commercial, but, you know, 22 years ago, I built a house out in the Brighton area. I used to live three miles from here. And I told myself, you know, I'll stay a couple more years over there at Royal Brian. But, you know, that was 20, going on 23 years ago. Um, you couldn't find a finer family that cared about their employees and helps me with my hobbies, and uh, they're just wonderful people. So I thank them all. You know, do they? I asked Amy this once, and uh, because she because of the Dream Cruise, we said, you know, do you guys sponsor anybody? Because we don't remember seeing that. But it's because of the proximity of other four dealerships over there. But what thing that that I remembered you saying that that at one time I think you said Royal Brian sponsored what Milan. Uh, yes, we did. Yes, we did. I think um, it's... That, we did that for quite a few years, and uh, yeah, that that was um, oh, I don't know, probably fifteen, twenty years ago. But for year after year, we did that. Yes, we did. 
I think it's fascinating when dealerships in 2022 going on 2023. I mean, I know there may be a gap here, where, but I mean, when, when dealerships used to sponsor cars, I mean, I know Varsity does. I think just basically Ford dealers do that. I, I don't remember seeing in present day Chrysler or, or Chevrolet folks, maybe Moran, you know, to uh, actually sponsor cars or sponsor tracks. But I think it's it, it's fantastic when they do. You know, I hope that Royal Bryan goes back and, and starts sponsoring other tracks. Well, there's been conversation. You never know. Really? So Hurry the hell yeah. up. Get the checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Don Holbrook, thank you so very much for being with us, man. Absolutely you know, i got to tell you one thing, if you don't mind, before sure. we go. Absolutely. Uh, i got to get this in there. Yeah. I've been told that I have the perfect face for radio <laughs> for a lot of years. And now here I am. I want to thank you for the opportunity to do this with you. Ta-da. It was our pleasure. Thanks, Don. I appreciate you. Thank you. We'll see you over there, sir. Bye now. Uh, all right. All right. Bye-bye.